Hello guys, welcome back to the Let's Talk Agriculture podcast show. And of course, Happy New Year. I know it's been like ages already, but really, I'm really glad to be back on the show and I'm very much excited about what the year has in store for all of us. And I hope we continue to enjoy this journey together. So back to business. <laughs> yes. So today I have a series. I'm, I'm starting this series actually on blockchain technology. Yes. That's an amazing topic that I think really needs more information and more and more and more to go out. So for this podcast show, I have a highly respected and sought after technology strategist with various successful social and business enterprises to, to his credit. He has been honored by World Economic Firm, Future Agro Challenge, DBS Foundation, National University of Singapore, Indian Council for Food and Agriculture, Grow Asia, and many more. He is the CEO of AgriWatch, a consulting firm that provides market intelligence, research, and advisory services across the agribusiness value chain. He is no other person, Deepak Pari. Thank you very much for joining my show today. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. Thanks. Thanks a lot for inviting me, and it's always a pleasure to talk to you, Sharon. Thank you very much. I really appreciate you taking our time to be on this show. Thank you very much. Okay, so back to the back, back, back to the show. Um, so we do know that blockchain technology is increasing efficiency, transparency, and trust among users. But then again. There is a controversy about blockchain technology leading to an increase in unemployment. So I would like to know your thoughts on this. What I mean, are you supporting this notion or are you opposing this notion? Do you really think that blockchain technology is leading to an increase in unemployment? Please kindly share your thoughts on this. Thank you. Yeah, sure, Sharon. Very interesting question. And I strongly believe that uh, blockchain is definitely not increasing the unemployment. Definitely we need, just like in any other modern economy, to relearn, unlearn. That is very important part of it. If you see holistically, blockchain, what it does is it makes the transactions more efficient and transparent. All those people who have been working in the conventional value chain without blockchain, they would have been doing the things which they will also continue to doing even post implementation of blockchain. Previously, they might be saving their data through a middleware in MySQLs or MongoDBs or the Axels of the world, depending on how advanced they are in their technology and digital transformation journey. But they are doing the same thing when there is a blockchain as well. Only what blockchain does is that it reduces the possibility of errors. It makes their life simpler because that makes the whole transaction seamless. What it does is that it reduces the burden of doing too many activities for the value chain player, it no way it is going to reduce the number of people employed in value chain. You still need people who will be doing the quality assessment. You still need people who will be identifying the possible trades. You still will be needing people who will be doing the documentation of the trade. But definitely their load, workload is going to reduce. So if anything, blockchain makes life easier 
for those who are employed in value chains, specifically in agriculture, rather than reducing the overall employment in the sector. So these are my initial views on the topic. Oh, thank you very much for sharing your insight about this. Okay, so what can you really say about the third parties that are involved in the chain of distribution? Because I believe that you see this um, third parties, middlemen, especially in rural areas. I mean, for smallholder farmers that can't really um, get their products to a larger market. So that's where you see the whole middlemen coming into the picture. So what can you really say about those third parties that um, are benefiting from the fact that they sell products for smallholder farmers? I mean, what can you say about them? Don't you think they are also losing their jobs as well? I mean, let's look at it from the rural area uh, point of view. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, sure. So there is an apprehension that because uh, blockchain will be removing majority of the middlemen from the value chain, and hence it might lead to unemployment. Now we have to understand there are two types of middlemen in the value chain. One type of middlemen are those who are actually adding some value. And then there are those middlemen which are actually not adding any value. And they are just because they have power of having more information, they play in the market and use information as the power to either do trade in non-transparent manner and ensure that the money paid to the farmer is not as much as they should generally for a fair trade should be getting. Now for the first type of player who are adding value, they still remain in the game. For example, a farmer is not expected that he will be able to do uh, packaging, aggregation, transportation, logistic, quality assessment, all on his himself. When we talk about developing world, especially where the, the, there are small and marginal farmers, and these are the people who would be doing 80% of the food being traded globally, and they don't have capability as well as capital for them to do end-to-end -end everything. So you'll still have the quality assessment guy doing the quality assessment. You'll still have the aggregators who will connect with multiple farmers, identify or discover the price points, aggregate it, and then put it on a platform. Definitely those type of player, the second type of player, where actually they are just trying to use information to arm this farmer to sell at a lower price or add substantial profits and sell it to the bigger player or bigger aggregator or a bigger um, market maker. Those type of people, they might end up on the losing side. But I even don't think that they will be losing job because they will try to become more fair because the system is going to make them fairer. We have to just understand what has happened because of digital transformation in other sectors. Whether we talk about banking, whether we talk about other forms of cross-border trades, we have found that technology has made processes more comfortable for the players. At the same time, they have not led to unemployment. So if we see that uh, internet, it has not reduced the number of people being employed today. Right Before the internet, if you see the number of people being employed in percentage of total uh, population of the world, you still find post-internet, we are having far more people actually in percentage terms being employed. So blockchain is also one more technology where just like internet was able to decentralize the communication itself, blockchain is decentralizing the trust. And those who play straight, they still remain functional, they still remain valuable to the ecosystem. Those who are trying to use lack of information available with the farmers or the consumer and try to make additional bug just by not adding value, but just adding the cost, they will definitely have to fall in line and be more uh, considerate about fairness of the trade. So I don't see like, you know, blockchain in any way is going to make middlemen default, provided 
they are charging the right amount of money for the value they are delivering to the value chain. Okay, that's really that's really insightful. And, and Sharon, let me let me one more thing, right? Okay. okay if sure. if there is a if if there are tools by which you can keep a thief out of your house, you don't say that actually. Like you know, I am making thief unemployed. The survivors of today's fast-changing agriculture environment are only those who can manage change. At RMG Ghana, we understand that changing for the better usually requires various intervention. As a company that believes in farmers' need to grow and become better, we are willing to stand shoulder to shoulder with them in their quest. Getting help from a partner that understands your need is not always easy, but at RMG Ghana, there is always a way. At RMG Ghana Limited, we have a variety of agricultural inputs, seeds, farming equipment, irrigation support systems, and services in our portfolio to suit every farmer. We also have finished products such as cotton, maize, and rice. We have a milling capacity of 3 MTR, 22 hours per day, production of our copper jasmine rice brand. The cotton is refined by our jingwe and exported for sales. For inquiries about our products and services, visit our office on number 14 Naku Bamboo, near Nayo Clinic, Airport Residential Area, or visit our website on www.rmgconcept.com or call us on 0249561552 at RMG Ghana. If it makes business sense, do it. RMG Ghana Limited Agriculture on Sustainability. <laughs> of course, of course, of course. Okay, so last week I I was um, part of the panelists for um, Voice of Blockchain, that's the Blockchain Chambers of Commerce. So there was um, a question in the audience, and that was like, um, is there a way farmers could possibly use blockchain technology to increase their revenue? I mean. Could they, could they somehow get a premium for their product because it is secured through blockchain? Though I gave an answer to this question, but I would love your thoughts on this just in case uh, there are other persons who would like to hear, who has concerns like this. I mean, who would like to hear something about this. And I'm sure with your vast experience and knowledge in this sector, you'll be able to throw more light on this. So what do you think about this? Do you think um, farmers could get a premium for the products that they have using the blockchain technology? Yeah, sure. So it's, I'll just give you a very simple analogy for that. Now, there are two types of saffrons, right? One saffron you'll find that coming from uh, Iran. And then there is a saffron which is coming from a state in India called Kashmir. Now, the quality of both the saffrons are very different, but for a common person who have not been uh, agronomist or who understand saffron as a crop, to be able to differentiate between these two different varieties of saffron. One is sold for $16 a gram and another is sold for $4 a gram. Now, if I go as a layman who just want to consume saffron, it is nearly impossible for me to judge from where the saffron is coming. I just see the package and I believe that it is coming from Iran and I end up paying $16 per gram for that. While I might be just getting saffron from Kashmir which just costs $4 a gram. Now this is where you'll be seeing 
that when the trust is created through a blockchain based infrastructure where i can scan a qr code on the box of the saffron and i get 100% confidence that it is coming from iran i would be more than happy put that 16 dollars and if somebody comes to me and say that hey can you pay 16.5 dollars for this just because it is the traceability is there i'll be more than happy to do that so what it does is that to the farmer who is working on towards the uh, eastern uh, part of iran growing these beautiful saffron he will ensure that there is no additional selling of saffron by means to camouflage the data that from which what is the area of origin of that product so definitely more and more people would like to buy from this farmer in in kurdasian of iran this saffron what this is that it empowers them to charge a premium because now the value for their product is being ensured through chain of trust created by blockchain so the simple answer is yes the farmers who are capable of integrating themselves to the blockchain become part of this value chain and create this chain of trust which leads to geo traceability which leads to the guarantee that the product is coming from the right sort of farmer right sort of variety definitely there would be premium so that's one second example i would like to give is about palm oil for example a farmer who might be doing everything right in good agriculture practices growing uh, his palm in the farms which are legal which are not deforesting and this guy is when compared to someone who might be doing the farming in a dubious manner and and deforesting uh, the beautiful uh, forest of uh, malaysia and now when you don't have any mechanism of trust what you do is that both are being uh, given the same amount of money for the crop this is actually this industry uh, also that incentivizing the farmer who is doing right thing and with blockchain once you start putting traceability part of it what you are able to do from your palm fields all the way to the finished product in a supermarket in europe you will be having that traceability whether it is at the level of the farmer then the millers then the aggregators and then the refineries and hence to the final product makers and the consumers now this will give incentive to farmer who is doing right thing and hence he would be able to charge a premium because other person is caught out that he is not doing as per the rsop guidelines again you'll find that those who are doing farming right way and a part of the blockchain network they'll get premium when compared to those who are not certified and who are not like you know easily be traceable to the origin so these are two examples which give you like you know already there is a value for farmer when it comes to using blockchain they will definitely be getting premium and this also ensure that the rest of the world knows actually who are the farmers who are growing this beautiful food which we are eating oh, wow that's pretty amazing really i mean i think um, it is really very important for for farmers to to get more knowledge about blockchain technology i mean like what you've just said if a farmer could actually incorporate blockchain technology or defi into the uh, um strategy or something they would be able to get premium for their product i mean i'm sure farmers are doing so much especially in in rural areas and this is just a way for them to actually um put, make their their goods premium and i think this is pretty much i never really thought about it this way really and with the way you've just uh, given the examples it just really shows the value that the blockchain technology has in store for smallholder farmers 
and really i think that um we should really create awareness about about this i mean i wouldn't have gotten this question if i wasn't on that panelist last week and i'm really glad you're putting out uh, a different explanation to this and once again i want to say thank you for um joining me today on the show um but there's something else i would like to um add to this that isn't part of what we are supposed to talk about <laughs> sorry um i would like to know about um what AgriWatch is really into. Is there some sort of um, connection with um, blockchain and AgriWatch? I mean, I know it's a management right, so, consultant. Right. So we are doing a lot of work around uh, typically commodities. So we are a market intelligence and uh, management consulting company, which work closely with uh, all the stakeholders in the value chain of a commodity. So what we do is that we work closely with the farmers to understand and estimate the yields they'll be having for the crop they're cultivating. We work very closely with the aggregators to understand at the what price point, for what qualities they are procuring their product. We also do a lot of forecasting for them that at what price these people should be buying or aggregating. Then we work very closely with the traders so who are actually doing the trading in different commodities, close to 50 commodities and if we add varieties also close to 250 varieties. Uh, in India, we work in close to 500 odd markets. And then on top of that, we work very closely with the policymakers uh, who needs all this commodity data to ensure that they are able to control the inflation and they are able to make a policy adjustment based on the possible availability of specific commodities and at what price points they would be there to help them identify whether they should import as a nation or they should not import as a nation or they should allow exports. So all those complex things, so we play a very vital role because we collect a lot of information from all across India, from different markets as well as the farm gate itself. That's one part of it. Second part is that yes, we are involved in uh, also doing a lot of activity with the insurance companies which provide insurance to the farmers and doing a lot of field service to input companies. And this is where we are experimenting a little bit on parametric insurance, which we believe if that puzzle can be solved, the farmer would be better off because then you are able to disperse the claims of the farmers in a faster manner than the current systems of risk mitigation. So in principle, yes, we are working on blockchain, but it is also that in the stage where we are experimenting more rather than actually doing something which is already in the market in a commercial manner. Uh, we also do a lot of advisory around digital transformation to companies who are in old way of doing agriculture business and helping them in evolving to agribusinesses which are digitally enabled and then also we do a lot of advice here on blockchain. So this is what the uh, limited way of explaining what we are doing blockchain as agriculture. Thank you very much for sharing. I was really just um, curious about AgriWatch and I thought it would be better to hear it from the, from the main person himself. So thank you very much once again for joining my show. Um, so guys, I really hope you enjoyed this podcast today. I really hope it was insightful and it's something that you can implement as a farmer. But the summary of all of this is once you're able to show credibility to everything you're doing, which is what blockchain technology offers, you're able to get that boldness to put a good price on your product. So I really hope that you're able to incorporate uh, blockchain technology into your business strategy 
course agriculture is business so if you're able to implement this into your business strategy and move forward i think it's going to be super 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 great for you and thank you again our guests for joining us today and sharing this amazing insight we really appreciate you thank you very much thanks a lot sharon pleasure to be on your podcast thank you Thank you. So guys, we've come to the end of this podcast show and get ready for an amazing episode again. Once again, I love you and I hope to see you next week. Do have a lovely time. And don't forget, it's your host, Sharon Idahosa. Have a lovely time. Bye-bye.